G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, we like to touch base with Family Voice Australia and get insights into some of the issues that are shaping our culture, some of those issues that have been in the headlines. Greg Bondar is the State Director for New South Wales and the ACT for Family Voice Australia. Greg's back with us. Hi, Greg. Welcome back to 2020. Yeah, thank you, Neil. Good morning. Greg, let's start with the statues around Australia. In fact, it's around the world. Statues have been under attack, uh, needing police guards to guard the statues that are a part of our national heritage. What are your thoughts on developments over these past week or two around our statues? Yeah, thank you, Neil. Um, Interestingly, uh, I attended church for the first time on Sunday, uh, given the COVID uh, restrictions being lifted, and... um, while I was sitting in the pew, mind you, we had our distancing in place, but the the topic of statutes came up and it gave me some thinking that uh, we should really have a look at this because the global statue revolution is, is, is continuing. Uh, our colonial past is being attacked. The loony left think that the uh, monuments are primarily there to glorify the, the, the dead white men. Um, whereas I like to see them as symbols of hope and progress. But uh, interestingly, you know, I then went and searched the biblical reference, and I and I note that in Leviticus, you know, you shall ha- uh, shall not make idols for yourselves. Exodus, you shall not make for yourselves a carved image. And I think as Christians, I think we've got to look at two issues here. One is that certainly we as Christians do not worship idols. We do not worship images. But by the same time. T- same token as as conservative uh, same people we have to look at the purpose of statues and I think the the central point is that uh, really statues are there to to look at the the way our history has developed and what the lunar left are suggesting is that we rip out pages from our history books um, we rewrite the past and so on and so forth so Neil really we've got to be sensible about this and as Christians we need to sort of voice our concern that uh, statues are there really to to look at symbols of hope and progress in a civil society. Yeah. There's a sense, isn't there, that on this program and with all sorts of guests, we've broached topics around this idea of revisionism of history and uh, that there are some radical elements that would like to write out of our history any sense of a Christianity or a, a past that has been shaped from another culture. I did hear one uh, particular uh, commentator suggest that energy would be better spent by those radical forces, uh, not pulling down the statues that represent something of our past, but to actually put their efforts into, uh, you know, having some other people perhaps, uh, in, and from, uh, say, Indigenous communities who may be uh, certainly uh, w- uh, worthy of recognition to have all sorts of other statues erected. But, of course, if you've got a statue pulling down uh, culture in place, well, no one's going to have those statues up either. So no one really, yeah. nobody wins here, Greg. Yeah, totally correct. Uh, I mean, look, let's be realistic, Neil. 
the, the, the real issue is that the Australia that we know and love today would not exist without Captain Cook. So why do we need to, 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 to tear it down? I mean, these statues weren't elect, uh, erected to glorify the dead, but to give us some sort of inspire the living in terms of in terms of a civil society that we're in. And if you want to have a statue, why don't we do it of Marbo, for example? Uh, I've worked with the Aboriginal community for many years, and and I think they're wonderful, humble people. Let's put up statues for them instead of trying to tear down the past. You know? uh, yeah, well, ripping the pages out of history books doesn't do much for history at all. But no. uh, you know, but history is written by people who've been in power, and so there's also room for those who want to write history. Because then, you know, as uh, as I was reflecting with uh, one wonderful Australian historian, uh, Stuart Piggin, uh, not long ago, when we talk about history, we're not talking about a whole lot of dry facts and figures. We're talking about stories. And so uh, when there are stories to be presented, can those stories can be written on all sides and... And, of course, we want accuracy and evidence for those stories because otherwise uh, there may be some uh, very radical people who might like to write history without uh, the evidence. But, but certainly the idea of, of reviewing history isn't bad, but uh, to try and pull down the statues and any symbolism of that history of the past uh, certainly does us no, uh, no good at all. Um, let's move on, Greg. Uh, all, all sorts of things to talk about. Uh, you've been reflecting this past week on uh, the J.K. Rowling, uh, who's been uh, rather uh, controversial in some of the comments that she's made recently, and uh, listeners, uh, while we never uh, usually promote the idea of uh, even looking at Harry Potter books, she's the the writer of those books, a very, very famous author. What are your thoughts around some of the comments that she's made and uh, really quite intimate detail that she'd shared of her own life? Yeah, very good point. Now, look, I, I, for one, refuse to read the Harry Potter books. That's just a personal choice that I've made. Um, but that said, I'm looking at now the issue. In other words, I'm looking at the uh, the, the game, not the man. In, in other words, she made some comments about her past um, uh, life. She was assaulted sexually. And then she went on to say that, uh, you know, she believed that, Men were men and women were women, and all of a sudden the 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 critics accuse her of being um, hating the trans community. Uh, in point of fact, what she was pointing out was that biologically there are men and biologically there are women. There's no in between. So she was accused of transphobia, uh, and then I had a look at this because it came up in a number of discussions with uh, some of our supporters. And it's interesting to note that once again we are being silenced by the by, by those that would have us think that there are alternatives to uh, a God-given uh, male and female. For example, you know yourself that according to Scripture, Neil, when God created human beings, he created them male and female and blessed their marital union. And that's in Genesis 1.26. So... The point I'm making is that we've got to make sure that we as Christians defend those issues that are being that are being raised by both secular and Christian people. In this case, J.K. Rowling, uh, she needs our support from the point of view that she's free to say what she likes in terms of making sure that uh, uh, her views being that 
males are males and females are females. It's, there's no other no other solution in my book now. And Greg, interesting isn't it because sometimes you can be thinking that uh, all of the opposition uh, from the trans uh, radical community uh, is directed towards the Christian church because the Christian church has a, a higher view of how uh, male and female are formed and uh, and of course uh, you know there's a common sense uh, there's a biological science base and there's a religious foundation to what Christians stand for but uh, it, it's clear that the trans community will attack anyone uh, whether they come from a religious base or not uh, you know unless you're on side with their political correctness you're under attack and that's what's happened with uh, JK Rowling Absolutely. Look, again, I make the point that I, I looked at Scripture, and I looked at Moses, Jesus in, indeed, and, and the Apostle Paul. And, you know, Neil, they were all united in, 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 in saying that humanity's biological nature were complementary, in other words, male and female. And one of the things that we've got to understand is that the talk about transgenderism is a real issue because from a day-to-day perspective, Kids are being confused, causing mental illness, destroying their young lives. And most interestingly, you know, one of the things that upset me was that we're told by the so-called lunar left in my book that we've got to listen to the science, you know, in the case of uh, climate change. But all of a sudden, when we look at science, biologically there are male and female, the lunar left don't want to accept it. They want to have it as a choice. So again, we need to stand up as Christians and make our views known that but, you know, biblically and biologically, there are only men and women. Another issue around something we were talking about uh, over the last few weeks, and that is the issue with the university student in Queensland, Drew Pavlou, uh, who was uh, who was expelled out of the uh, University of Queensland uh, over his criticisms of Chinese influence on campus and. And now he's taking his own legal action. What are your thoughts around this one, Greg? Yeah, as you know now, we spoke about this before, but the reason I've raised it again is because this particular chap, a very good student, I don't care about his, uh, his, his, his personal beliefs, but what's happened is he's been totally silenced by the, by the left at the university level. Uh, he's now suing the Vice-Chancellor and Chancellor for breach of contract, damages for negligence, breach of uh, fiduciary duty, uh, deceit, civil conspiracy, whatever. I had a look at this and I'm saying, okay, what's going on here? And there are two issues here, Neil. The first one is, once again, we are prevented from speaking out whether we're Christians or not. In other words, freedom of speech is being attacked once again by the university left. Not only that, I think we've also got to look at how would a Christian react in such a situation? Now, you know, you know, self, we looked at uh, uh, the chap from the Queensland University up there at JCU, uh, where he was reinstated, uh, Professor Pitt, uh, because he also sued the university. And I came across, you know, Neil, a Bible passage that uh, really sort of struck to me, what would I do? And I sort of looked at James 1, 5, where it said, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. So we as Christians, again, Neil, I think we've got to look at how do we react? Do do we fight back when our freedom of speech has been attacked? Do we speak up or do we go to court um, when our our, um, 
uh, our own integrity has been attacked. So I think these are thoughts that we've got to look at as Christians uh, when we're out there in the public arena now. Interesting, isn't it? The word intimidation comes to mind and when uh, the university expels a student or in any of the other uh, you know, myriad of all sorts of issues that we will talk about, Greg, there's, there's an intimidation that comes from anti-Christian elements and, and we have a choice here, don't we? Either to stand firm and defend where we are uh, or uh, be steamrolled uh, by the tactics mm. that try to silence uh, the obvious, and as we said, common sense and often biologically, scientifically founded uh, issues that are at hand, uh, or when it comes to uh, this idea of, you know, the Chinese influence uh, over Australian universities. I mean, these are the sorts of things you can be intimidated into silence, and uh, and I, I suspect here that it's actually bringing out the best in Christians when we start to form a position uh, which is, you know, not only a, an opinion but a conviction that we'll stand mm. firm for truth. Absolutely, Neil. I mean, you, you, put, it, you, you put it into a, a really concise statement. And, and one of the things that, as I said, I struggle here with daily is when I have to go out into the public arena and make sure that we speak up for what we believe in, both uh, in terms of um, Christian uh, ethics, Christian morals. And um, when I looked at this poor particular chap, uh, Drew Pavlow, I, I thought of myself, well, hang on, what would I do? And uh, and I did come across Proverbs 25.8, you know, Neil, where it said, uh, do not hastily bring into court when your neighbour puts you to shame. Um that, that sort of resonated with me somewhat. But again, I think we need to be in the public arena. We need to, to witness and we need to sort of fight back in the sense that uh, we will not be silenced on our religious freedom now. You know, it seems to me, Greg, the only way you get to be able to stand strong is to practice. And sometimes mm. early on when you think, oh, I can't really argue these things, I haven't got anything to add to the debate, I can't defend my faith, I can't defend those elements of truth, but somehow or other, and, and as you said, you know, when you get out each day, no doubt, Greg, uh, you know, some days you think, oh, I think I'll stay indoors today and I won't get out amongst the fray. But the only way you get to stand strong and to be able to argue these things uh, that will defend your faith and that will stand strong for those things that are founded in good truth, uh, good scientific understanding even, is by actually getting into the conversation and, uh, and learning what the other side thinks and being able then to articulate your own view. Uh, that's something you've got to practice, isn't it? Absolutely. Look, I, funny you should mention that, Neil. I'm doing a short course at the moment through Moore Theological College here in Sydney, and the topic, believe it or not, Neil, is called apologetics. <laughs> yes. And I am reading through that with tremendous interest because I read through it and saying, yes, that's what I'm doing now. Yes, that's correct. And I read all the, the approaches that we have to get out there into the, into the public arena and defend our faith. Remember 1 Peter 3.15, Neil? Be prepared to give an answer yep. for the hope that you have. And I think that's what we've got to be doing. And interestingly, just to, to top off this conversation, and, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm really excited to hear that you're doing some studies in apologetics. A lot of people that I talk to are people who are very skilled in apologetics. There's basic levels of apologetics. There's sort of intermediate levels and there's really high levels. And, mm. and for listeners, you know, who might be thinking of, you know, someone like the great Ravi Zacharias, who just yep. had a wonderful gift to be able to be an apologist 
atheist, a defender of Christian faith. Well, there's all these different levels, but really everybody starts at the lowest level and uh, connecting the dots between how I understand this, how I understand that, and then you continue to grow in some levels of maturity. And, you know, you might be able to identify someone like a Ravi Zacharias right at the top levels, but uh, but there's all those levels in between, and we're all on that sort of journey in being able to defend our faith. And, and yeah. uh, there's certainly encouragement there for listeners to uh, think about how they might even, uh, you know, uh, fine-tune their own ability to use those apologetics arguments to know what truth is. Absolutely. No, I'm just a humble apologist, Neil, but I make sure that I give a reason for my hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Greg, thanks so much for the update today. Let me point people to the Family Voice website, Family Voice Australia, familyvoice.org.au. Greg Bondar is State Director for New South Wales and the ACT for Family Voice Australia. Uh, They'll have all sorts of resources and articles, familyvoice.org.au. Greg, thanks for joining us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.